Hey, you know it's Lucas Walker from Gorgeous. And this is a pretty special episode of the e-commerce swipe file. We were experimenting with some live Thursday webinars. We decided to make the content on demand uh, and host it on our blogs. You can access it all the time. This episode is with Val Geister. Uh, if you're on direct-to-consumer DTC Twitter, you definitely know her. Uh, she's famous for the dinner party email strategy, which we talk about and how you can use that with your customer support. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Ecom Swipe File. We're also going to be announcing something pretty cool with Val because she does have some availability as we're, we're posting this towards the end of July to really go over all your email campaigns going into BFCM. So make sure that you're following Val and enjoy this episode of the Ecom Swipe File. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to this live recording being interrupted by my phone going off as we start the intro, but I'm really excited for our guest Val Geisler. If you are following anyone on Twitter in the direct-to-consumer uh, DTC Twitter, e-commerce Twitter, uh, you've listened to any sort of e-commerce podcast, you've probably come across Val talking about uh, most likely the dinner party strategy or how to write really good emails or how to reduce yeah, churn if you offer subscriptions. So we had to have Val on the podcast because so much of that rolls up into customer support here at Gorgeous. So Val, do you want to yeah. introduce yourself to our to our audience in case people, for some reason, maybe they just joined e-commerce? So I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they were. <laughs> it's okay. Just you stuff. can't follow everyone. DTC at Twitter is um, it's kind of like this hidden corner of the internet, isn't it? Like. Those of us that are there feel like it's the center of the universe, but um, mm -hmm. for people who haven't yet found it, it's like um, a hidden gem. So it is, uh, and it's it, it's almost it really does have that small town feel where you you truly feel like you know all the players. You can kind of mention everyone in sort of one one tweet. So it's yeah. if you are looking for that that next big uh, gem to just join in of good like minded people, follow Val on uh, on twitter there's a bunch of us but uh, val if you want to plug where people can can find you so that they yeah. can uh, so on twitter i am at love val geisler so you can find me there um and you can just look through lucas's followers and they're ugly <laughs> I, I hope but, so. um so the uh I think the most important place to point people in advance of what we're going to talk about is to get a copy of the dinner party strategy. So we're going to dive into what that is, but if you want your own copy and uh, either to like get, grab it right now and we can go through it together or grab it after because the, what I'll, the, I'll say is the download that I'm going to share with you has a whole lot more than what we can get into today. So mm -hmm. Uh, so you and can go on a lot of other podcasts that people may have heard. So for context, we're going to go beyond the dinner party strategy mm -hmm. a little bit. If, if Elle's already talked about it in, in an interview on her YouTube channel in that, the download and emails that you can, uh, can get, which Phil's about to share with you where, where you can get it. Yeah, so we'll go like pretty high level because we do have other things to talk about. And so then you can dive in deeper uh, with the download. So it's fixmyturn.com slash TDPS for the dinner party strategy. Um, so you can go grab that at any time and, uh, and let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, let's jump into it first. I always think of when I hear uh, the dinner party, 
I always think of that Office episode where Michael uh, gets <laughs> flat screen TV ruined by uh, by Jan. Yes. At, uh, aptly named the dinner party strategy, but. Uh, hopefully, using the dinner party strategy, your customer communications, whether it's an email, whether it's a, a post-purchase, trying to get them on a subscription, or just to purchase from the first time is a lot less awkward and uh, a better experience for, for your mailing guests than, than that episode of the, of the office, which yes. I, I hope we've all seen this one. So do you want to give a 30,000-foot over, overview of what that dinner party strategy is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, hopefully way less awkward. I am personally as awkward as Michael Scott, but hopefully your campaigns won't be so much. Um, the idea is like, we've all been to dinner parties before, um, maybe not recently, um, but, but we have either been to one or hosted one or like you kind of get the concept, even if you've never been to one. Um, the idea is like, you don't have somebody come to your house. Like, so let's say you're hosting a dinner party. And you invite mm -hmm. all these people over and maybe they're like friends of friends. You know, a couple of the people, some of the people you've met in the neighborhood or they, you ask a friend to bring someone with them. Mm -hmm. So there's some strangers showing up. Um, you don't t leave the front porch lights off. And, uh, and then they are like kind of figuring out where to park and which, is this the right house? And then they like Not timidly knock on the door. Yeah, like you want to kind of set the stage, right? So they, you know, they finally get to the door and you open it and you have dinner like on a plate right right there. And you don't even say hello. You just <laughs> hand them a plate a full of dinner and a fork. Here you go. Here's roast beef with three sides. And smile at them expectantly. That's not how having people over for dinner works. I told you to come uh, hungry. I said it was a dinner party. <laughs> what were you expecting? Now I want roast beef with three sides. Um, so, you know, the idea is like you set the stage. You tell them what color your house is to look for. You know, you leave the front porch light on. When they enter your... On the front, it says, just go around back. Or come around back. back. No need to knock. Exactly. Yeah. Or just come right on in. Mm -hmm. uh, and and then, you know, there's some kind of greeting. Like if it's winter, you take their coat. Uh, you show them around a little bit. Like there's the bathroom. This is the kitchen. Here, mm -hmm. would you like a glass of wine? Um, you know. Help yourself to anything in the fridge. Right. There's some appetizers here. And there's some like friendly chit chat, getting to know each other and introducing them to the other guests at the dinner party. And then, and then you sit down and even before you like dig into the meal, there's, okay, well now we're going to pass around some side dishes and, uh, and the, and the, the main course. Um, mm -hmm. so we serve the meal finally, but a lot has happened before that. Um, and then at the end of it, you don't just serve the meal. And then as soon as everyone's done eating, you take all their plates and say like, okay, we're done. Thank you. And you turn the lights off. Like that would be really weird. I've got to go home, but get the hell out of my house. Right. Like that's just super awkward for everyone. Um, mm -hmm. So you don't, same thing in email, right? Like you set a stage, you give a warm greeting when somebody joins your list. Um, you serve them appetizers, like little things that wet their palate for your product. Um, mm -hmm. And the product is the main course. So it's like several emails in before you are talking mainly about your product. 
Uh, and then from there, you can, you, you're serving side dishes, you plate up some dessert, um, you invite them to come back again for another dinner next month. Um, mm. And all of that can happen in email too. And so I'm a big proponent of a welcome sequence when somebody joins your email list so that prior to making any kind of purchase, they're not just getting coupon emails and um, promotional emails, but they're getting to know you as a company, what you stand for, um, why you've made your product in the first place. And, yep. and then you, you know, you have a chance to build relationship because people are more likely to buy from you if they know, like, and trust you. And the yep. best way to do that is to do some kind of introduction. Absolutely. And, and just warm up to show that as a brand, you are nice and good to work with. Uh, there's, yeah. there's a great phrase that, that says, nobody likes to do business with somebody who's fucked them over. Yes. And like a brand, nobody wants to buy from someone with a bunch of one-star reviews that just keeps spamming to buy this crappy product down your throat. And yes. that's what a lot of uh, direct consumer marketing is like. It's almost like the that same infomercial where it's uh, the... Hey, are you tired of Tupperware falling all over your place? And it's just a really exaggerated problem that, that just doesn't exist. Where she like goes uh, and her bangs blow up. Oh yeah. And it's like, I need a vacuum cleaner, like knife thing, which would have been selling very well during COVID, but yes. we can't work on it too, too much. But just looking at your beautiful bookshelf behind you, compare that to a Wayfair or an Ikea that says, Hey, uh, are you interested in the latest industrial designs for your home? Are you working from home or here's how to, to organize your home and giving that tip, which just happens to be, by the way, we sell this great industrial bookshelf where if you're yeah. doing a lot more video interviews, it'll, it'll be a great backdrop. You can showcase books. You can have a picture, yeah. it, you can bring it down or not. Here's how to do it. Oh, by the way, uh, if you are recording and I mean, you can go into the analytics Oh, recording, here's how to have better zoom quality, uh, issues from home canvas paintings or canvas prints for your wall absorb act as a natural sound absorber so you yeah. get better quality audio without having to uh make it look like a recording studio and have a bunch of egg cartons on your ceiling or whatever those products happen to be right right yeah it's all about like pr providing value and thinking about we so often think about what we want to say mm -hmm. but what do our customers want to hear and it's typically not what we want to say <laughs> And it's, it's that old adage of, uh, you know, who care whenever somebody's talking about their golf game or a poker game or a fishing trip, or, um, I'm just trying to think is all, all I can think of is like my uncles or my dad's telling me these stories. And I just yeah. want to say, you know, who cares less about your fishing trips or your bad bluffs in poker than you do? Everybody, everybody. Right. Exactly. It's like, um, we, you know, people, I used to write a lot of content and, uh, mm -hmm. for various brands and, Everyone I worked with um, was so concerned about recycling content because they felt like, oh, but we already we already emailed about that. We already uh, <laughs> tweeted about that. It's like nobody reads every single thing on your blog except for you. No, and it's, um, and even then you don't. Your your employees reading the blog is not a hundred percent attendance. It's, right. Take the same thing and cut it up over and over and over again. Repurpose that. Look at. Um, I'm a huge magic fan, like talk about being awkward, but you see they're doing the same trick, just told a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing and slice, slice it up. It's hey, the same dozen tricks for since the beginning of magic. I think there's only so many different ways to move a car through a deck. Yes. You're, just, you're not going to actually materialize it. And if it works, 
You don't need to reinvent it. Just keep finding ways to to say that same message over and over again in a different right. way that, that resonates. Right. And that's email too. I mean, you know, you look at your open rates, like a good open rate, really good open rates, like 60%. That's like really, really good. And typically you have a small list when you have an open rate that size. Um, but even then that's 40% of your list that didn't open that email that don't, that didn't read that content. Right. I can just be hitting next, 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 and it counts as an open because the pixel loaded. That's, yes. That, that's just, it's open. That means they took the flyer out of the mailbox. That doesn't, doesn't count mean for they read it. Recycling bin, it doesn't mean that they sat there, there and read it. Right. That just yeah. means it was like they touched it. It doesn't mean that it resonated at all. And just to use easy numbers, let's say they have a 50% open rate. That means you need to send that email twice to get everyone to open it. Yeah. Just to have it, let alone read and comprehend it. Yeah. And I remember it was um, Leanna Patch who shared the stat that someone needs to hear a message 27 times to really, to really. Isn't that insane? It. Yeah. It's interesting. Like we're, we're also inundated with content all the time. I read something that said we read uh, in the equivalent of like 127 newspapers in a day. Can you imagine a stack of 127 newspapers in front of you and that you knew that you were going to read all of them? in that one day that's how much content we i would begin i would believe that because if you've ever read actually read a physical newspaper you can skim through it pretty quickly yeah and but like just think about how many tweets you read in a day right posts slack messages emails yeah. obviously right and, and like it's just so much content that you're competing for and there's a lot of sameness Right. Mm -hmm. So that 127 newspapers, so you're going to start to see patterns when you're on paper, like number five. Yeah. And so then you're going to start to adjust how you read the rest of those newspapers based on the patterns you've seen in the first few. And that shows up in email too, because if you're doing the sea of sameness that everyone else is doing, then you don't stand out to your customers in their inbox. Um, they, you know, they're, they're seeing the same 20% off coupon, coupon code and they're seeing um, the exact same, you know, like Clavio template that mm -hmm. everyone is using. Um, they, they, or, they notice this. They do, or the, the order tracking looks the same. So if you order- Oh my God, uh, Shopify uh, order tracking, please from, personalize it. Uh, to whatever it is. I think that's a good segue into talking uh, a little bit about Gorgeous and how brand and customer support teams can, can make that experience a lot more custom because it's so sterile out of the box. And it's like, have you ever looked at, so for contacts, so I opened up my first Shopify store in 2014. And so uh, the abandoned cart emails on the advanced Shopify or the Shopify phone that wasn't basic at the time that you could unlock and they just worked mm -hmm. like magic. It was just a plain text email of, hey, here's this no discount code, you know, nothing because just bumping it upward. And then people started to say, oh, well, I need to, to add a discount code and personalize it and make it look like it's on brand. Because if you're shopping, especially now, maybe you're looking at a bookshelf from one place, uh, a desk from another and a carpet from somewhere else, you can't remember where you were looking yeah. at those individual products. Even walking around a mall for an afternoon, going into different stores, that blends together. So when you've been on your couch doing it on your second screen while watching Netflix, that's just going to blend together in the mind of your customer even more. Yeah. And it's, they're on their phones. We did, we, in e-commerce, it's weird because we spend so much time on our desktops and a big, big mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs uh, make 
is they design their store for their nice big 27 inch iMac that they're yeah. going on or their second screen because that's what they're working on for 12 hours a day, not their phone that their customers are going to be on their website for eight seconds before they leave. Emails too. Yeah. Uh, emails, every email has the logo at the top and then a big header image and then the content. Well, on, on mobile, you're scrolling, scrolling, now I'm bored. Yeah. And I don't even want to read what's here. So like, why do you have the logo at the top? Do you need it? That's yeah. always my first question. Like, do you need that? Do you need mm -hmm. that big image? Is it doing anything to serve you? Um, can you dive in with the message, especially on something like transactional, where you do really want to save the customer some time? Um, yeah. That's the whole point of transactional emails. Yeah. And, um, and you can still get really custom and personalized. You can change copy. You can please, please change the subject line, you know, like, oops, you yeah. forgot this is used by hundreds of brands yeah. uh, as an abandoned <laughs> cart email. Did, did you forget this? No, I didn't. Forget. No, I didn't forget it. And that's the other thing too, is you have to think about your customers, right? Like, no, they no. didn't forget it. Um, it's creepy for you to see them, like for them to see you looking. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, like, oh, <laughs> caught you looking like what, what you, what, why are you watching me? Yeah, well, or I noticed you left video? something behind. Like, go, no, go away. Yeah, please, yeah. And That's it, creepy. It's incredibly creepy. And I think that as, as marketers, we all, we almost pander to our audience a little bit and, and really treat them like idiots when we mm -hmm. should be giving them the, the that intelligent, uh, almost pure-like conversation that, that we would have if we were talking to somebody else or we forget that we're talking human being to human being. Right. It's like in a store. Imagine if in a store, when you walked in, uh, as you were leaving the store, someone just chased back. And if you were buying some cat food or something, they, they just came with like a bunch of cat tins in their hands. And say, hey, you forgot these cat tins. I saw you looking at them. Like it's creepy and weird and disgusting. And even, even that experience of when you go into a store, remember that? Um, but when Maybe. you go into a store and like, especially clothing stores where mm -hmm. there's somebody at the door and they say, hi, can I help you find something? And you're like, no, no, I'm good. I'm just looking around. And then someone else is like stocking a shelf and they say, can I help you find something? You're like, no, I'm good. Thanks. And mm -hmm. then you move to another rack and there's somebody else reorganizing that rack and they say, can I help you find something? You're like, no, mm -hmm. I am just looking. Right. So that's when you start to feel like they are robots and you are not an actual person. And that happens in email too. If all you're ever doing is sending coupons, then your customer, the message they hear is I am a credit card yep. and I am not a human being. <laughs> Which is so funny because their message will, their, their whole branding might be, um, you know, I'll cherry pick from what Patrick and Jennifer from supply do because yeah. they do it well. And yep. Patrick's even said that moving from trying to be market, like a big brand to, Hey, I'm Patrick, the owner of the company, and I'm on support. Like, we're a small company. Like, people are coming to you for that mom and pop, small yes. brand type experience, and then you treat them like like they're just the number on their credit card. Yeah. Just, and, and there's a time and a place for that, to use data to, to drive some of those decisions. Sure. Like, if you have a customer and you, they're asking for a refund and you see they ordered from you 35 times and been a subscriber since you first launched, maybe you're there three days past a refund policy. Yep. Well, just refund them, but don't do that for, for everyone and use that data to 
be able to justify when you take that more human approach. Informed decisions. And and to use the data like wisely too. Um, you mentioned Wayfair. I think they're a ter- and every email marketer thinks they're a terrible example of email. So if you want which to is see funny what's horrible. Because who is the bane of uh, of existence in e-commerce? Dropshippers. Wayfair yeah. is the world's largest dropshipper. Yes, exactly. And their emails are often completely packed with emojis and subject lines. Um, <laughs> everything is about a discount or a sale, which is like the premise of the brand. I get it. Um, but like I made, I purchased a playset for my kids last fall. Thank God. Um, yeah. And immediately after my purchase, like they sent me the transactional, here's your receipt. And then one minute later, timestamp in my inbox, I got a, because you just purchased this, you might also like these things that is not the time to send that email. It was no. like, chill. But even the verbiage there. Yeah. Because you just purchase, that's creepy. Say, hey, add this to your order to enhance your experience. Yeah, or like, well. Tag it. Um, if it was, a, it was a place up for your kids, you said? Yeah. Give yourself more peace of mind. Your kids will also love these. Yeah, or like other people who have purchased what you bought um, ended up adding on these, do you want to add them now to this order and we'll save you the ship, like we'll save you the extra shipping, right? Those kinds of like, that's a value add. Now I know, oh, other parents who bought play sets, because it's only parents buying play sets. um, Other parents who bought play sets realized later they needed this extra swing or whatever. And then they had to order it and wait for it and pay extra shipping and all that. And this is an opportunity for me to add this thing right now, not pay extra shipping, not have to wait any longer than after the place that gets here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's, that's doing marketing, right? That's using email for good and not for evil. Absolutely. And it, it goes into another question that I, that I really wanted to touch on. I think you, um, I can't remember if it was on the e-commerce marketing show or on our honest e-commerce, you were talking about how the environmental impact of, of e-commerce and that, that's a huge opportunity to say, Hey, uh, reduce your environmental impact by combining the shipping orders. 90% of parents who order this purchase this at a later date. Your kids will be happier and you'll it'll be better off for the environment. Yeah. So I think like shipping is just it's a dirty little secret in e-commerce. Between packing and shipping, especially Amazon Prime, where you order an iPhone cable or a charger cable and it gets there. It's a giant box, there's plastic in it, yeah. paper tons of packaging, which I understand why they do that. So it's easier right. for not moving around, but it's still terrible for the environment. Plus the boxes that it got to Amazon in. And, and I mean, my e-commerce company was, was pretty small, but one thing that, that I did was we would always try to reuse our boxes for shipping and everything that we could yeah. to re- reduce that. A, it reduces our cost because people don't realize that custom printed boxes are not cheap. So you're adding uh, probably a dollar 25 to two fifty to your to your cost of goods sold per order, but also it's it's better for the environment. So what are some ways uh, that you've seen e-commerce brands can reduce their uh, environmental footprint? Yeah, so I think like getting ahead of what your customers might need. I think that's like like we just talked about. Um, The, you know, Gosh, there was a really good episode of Playing for Keeps, the Trendbuster Mm -hmm. podcast um, with Corinne from Big Commerce. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about environmental environmental impact of Mm -hmm. e-commerce in a way that I had never thought about before. Um, Like the impact of, I live less than a mile from a Target store. Yeah. 
So what is the impact of me ordering online from Target and having it shipped to my house versus me driving to the Target store and mm -hmm. picking it up versus me ordering to be delivered to the Target store and then me driving over there and picking it up? Like where, which one's the best one for the environment? Yeah. Um, and I think it's the ordering to the store and then going over there and picking it up. But, you know, like we have to, as consumers, think about the ways that we order things. And I know like we're all ordering things now um, and that will probably stick around. Like e-commerce isn't going anywhere. No. Um, we're, we're addicted to that convenience. Yes. And, and the patterns have shifted and changed and maybe we'll just go if it's really novel. But even if it's anything big, we're just going to get it delivered because I think a lot of people are even downsizing their, their vehicles now that they don't go anywhere. Right. I mean, I haven't ordered an area. I haven't bought an area rug in a store in a decade. Like I've been ordering those online. They show up, you can get an eight by 10 delivered to your front door. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'm not trying to get that in my little, little hatchback, squeezing it in. Yeah, I'm, no. like, I'm going to be driving with the back open, sticking out a window like Mr. Bean. Uh, not messing with that. But, you know, as, as brands, we can get ahead of that for our customers and start to talk about that. Like um, the environmental impact of what we're doing in, in shipping, um, mm -hmm. we can talk about what we're doing to offset things. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if we like, there's a great uh, company called Tentree. Yeah. And so they plant trees for every 10 garments you purchase. Um, which is like, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. And if there's something that your company can do, obviously that company is built around that. Um, yep. But if there's something that your company can do that is saying, here's how we're offsetting the environmental impact of being an e DTC e-commerce company. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's huge for building that like trust. And, yeah. um, and you know, people want to support that. Copywriting. Maybe instead of calling it right. standard shipping, you say standard shipping and environmental surcharge. We pay mm. environmental surcharge in order to over $50. And then yeah. it's an upsell mechanism as well. Because as great as it is to be uh, altruistic, especially small businesses, we need to make money first. We can't sack. What's that phrase? You can't uh, keep others warm by lighting yourself on yeah. fire. Yeah. If, if you, you donate 200% of your profits, you're not going to be around to, to make a difference. Right. Anything longer. But even to think about that shipping thing for a second, like if you currently offer free shipping, and then they pay to upgrade yep. to faster shipping. Um, in, instead of doing that, um, you could offer the, instead of it being like pay to upgrade to get your stuff faster, um, listing it as like, you know, the environmental surcharge or um, putting positioning it as here's the fastest, like we always, the way it shows up in our stores is free shipping is on top. Mm -hmm. That's the default. Yeah. And then you, they can choose something, a, a paid shipping option. So it's probably worth testing to see like, if we put a paid shipping as a default and then they get the choice of free shipping, which takes longer, but has a lower environmental impact. And you can talk about that right in that micro copy. Yeah. Um, you know, what happens, you might get a bunch of people who place an order and then realize they were charged for shipping when they didn't want to, and they email and, you know, then you have a help center issue yeah. on your hands. Um, but you don't know until you test it. 
And that's the biggest thing too, is like, as being an email marketer, I firmly believe in testing, mm -hmm. test everything, see if it works because yeah. what works for 10 tree doesn't work for other businesses. And you know, what works for Patrick and Jennifer isn't going to work for everybody else. So you can take those ideas and apply them and see how they impact the overall customer journey and the customer experience. Yeah. And it's, and all of that goes into customer experience. It's yeah. setting those expectations and making it so they, that uh, people know what they're getting. People don't mind paying for things when uh, when that's really, when you tell them, say, hey, uh, because of the COVID surcharges, it's, unless it's, um, and I'm just making it up off the top of my head, but unless it's a, we saw Amazon do it, unless it's an essential item for, for hospitals, we're charging more for shipping to give priority to to those items and it's okay if you say that but so much of that customer support and it's kind of like gorgeous the best customer support ticket is the one that you don't have to do because you've helped them out already so if somebody can't find their yes. order number being proactive about that yeah and, and right now the best ad that that we see are the most common ad while you're driving around is neon just bristol boards taking the window saying we are open and in e-commerce, the number one ad traditionally is free shipping on orders over $35. Now it's just, we we have inventory, we are shipping or whatever that happens to be. Just right. We have no shipping delays is like the new um, little hello bar at the top. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think like it, that going from that first touch, that first invitation into the dinner party to to an issue that might that might come up in that customer journey, it all comes down to copy and it's all customer experience. And it, it gets siloed so often from this is my email marketing, yeah. this is my website, this is my, my customer support. And it feels like three totally different experiences because the email copy is so well written. And then the website will just be beautiful, beautifully designed and great product images, but the, the product copy just sucks because somebody just put it in quickly. That's and the thing. Then, like email, uh, like I am an email marketer and people want me to work on their emails, but I feel like, and we, you know, we offer these other services, but nobody ever takes us up on it, but we want to look at that overall customer journey. Like what is, when we link to an FAQ page, what is that? How does that page read? Does it read the same way the email read that the, is it in the same voice? Um, does it reference the same things? Like, that's all the same customer journey. And even like, what do our support, uh, like canned responses look like in our support tickets? And, um, you know, what are the most used canned responses? And can we at least just focus on those? We don't have to do all of them, you know? Um, but understanding that it does all connect together. And that includes like the packing slip when they get the product, um, the emails about the shipment arriving, um, I got an email. I referenced this a bunch because I was so impressed by it. Uh, Outdoor Voices sent me an email. I ordered a pair of leggings that was different than uh, a different style than most of the ones I normally wear. Yeah. And I got them and I was like, well, these are too tight. They don't like stretch at all. How, how no. do they make non-stretch well, leggings? Was this uh, pre or post COVID? Pre. Okay. So if, if that was COVID, you can't see it because the shirt's dark, but I put it on before and I'm just like, whew. My, my my dryer it's really really shrinking my clothes I, I didn't yeah yeah no this was about a year ago and um and they they sent an email like a day after my package arrived and it said hey you got you got these 
particular leggings yesterday, we've heard from a lot of customers that they fit a little snugger than most of our other leggings. And so totally understand we have free shipping and free returns if you want to exchange them. Um, also, those same customers have told us that after they wear them once, they feel really form-fitting and they feel really good. So if you want to try that out, then that's fine too, right? So it was just like a plain text email and it linked to, I think it linked to like their returns page in case you wanted to do that. Um, but it was so helpful to say like preemptively of, kind of preemptively, it was kind of a lot coincided with me trying them on and saying, these do not feel good. But before I had actually done the return um, and it just bought so much like, love and trust for the brand to say, we know, we heard from other people that this is what's happening. I had, I wish that they had put that information on the product page. Yeah. Um, Cause then I probably wouldn't have purchased them at all, but you know, it was, it was something. And that that's, what's cool about email is you can get something out there. You don't have to like go in and edit the copy on your product page and like do all these things, um, retake photos on different size models. Um, you can send an email. Yeah, but you can also segment it and target it. Yeah. And maybe it's, you know what, all of our top customers, we really just don't want to lose them. We'll give them the option of an exchange, refund, or store credit, which, which again is a great uh, way to increase your LTV instead of offering a refund. Because if you know that you have to throw and the, reduce your environmental impact as well, instead of offering that, that exchange um, for the, the refund, offer a store credit, say, hey, you know what? They fit. We've been getting a lot of tickets about this specific product that you bought. We realized we probably shouldn't have shipped it out. It's not up to our brand standards, but if you want to keep them, we'll give you a credit for uh, a gift card for a hundred. If it was a hundred bucks, say $120 for your next purchase, yeah. or if you go on to a subscription and it goes back to the, the dinner party strategy, right? If you show up and you know, uh, I'm a big barbecue guy, so you gotta let your meats rest and people show up and they're hungry and they're starving they can smell the barbecue right. but, but you say no we've got a lot of rest and cool right now right and you explain hey i know you're hungry uh i know uh that that we said we'd be eating at six but the meat took a little bit longer we've got to let it rest so it's really juicy it's going to be great in uh it's going to be great in 90 minutes we have some great appetizers if you have to get back to, to your kids i totally understand i'll make you a to-go plate I'm, I'm really sorry um, I'm always sorry about that. Yeah. I've got a helper. We do. Do you want to say hi in the podcast? The youngest email marketer. Hi. The youngest email marketer. Hi. <laughs> what, ha what happened to your arm? He wants to know what happened to your arm. Um, we're just playing and I'm going to pull my arm right off. Then I go to the doctor. Then I get a new cat. That's right. Well, it's great. It's nice. It's a nice, beautiful shade of, uh, of purple. So, you know, I think that like the, the customer journey overall is really important to focus on. And that, that piece of like knowing what your product is and how they can uh, prepare for your product. Like you mentioned, you know, if you're serving barbecue, um, oh, don't touch that right now. Um, but you know, like I, I worked with a bone broth brand and they were, um, they were sending recipes right after the purchase before the delivery of the product yep. so that the customer is like ready to use it and has some ideas for how they'll use this broth outside of 
what they had already thought of. And get them excited about it. It's, yeah. it's showing how to use that product. You bought it because mm-hmm. it was good, but what, well, what did you do? Right. And it's like all those reality television shows. I don't know if you've ever watched like Forged and Fire or anything stupid like that on the History Channel, but it's like a cooking show, but for blacksmiths. And all of a sudden, it's like, now I need to go buy, buy build a little forge. And I, I found myself, I was looking at the equipment, like, this is cheaper than, than I thought it would be. Yeah. I, I could make a knife. But in actuality, I'm just going to get like a metal heat, ball of metal, heat it up, make a bunch of rack, and I'll have a blob. Right. But making yeah. it accessible to be really healthy and feel that way about it, that with the bone broth to say, even something like, oh, I didn't know that I could just sip it. I thought it was only for cooking once in a while. Right. And now people are using more of your product because they're, they're just governing bone broth. Yeah. And they're trying starting to think about y- the fact that they matter to you more than like so many, br- I mean, honestly, every brand that's listening to this should go and create some kind of brief sequence between the purchase and the delivery, because we rely on our transactional emails to fill that void. Um, but you know, there is like that, kind of post-purchase regret that sets in and especially with longer shipping times right now um you know and and things getting through like no fault of your own i know stores are getting ransacked by reviews of saying like well this got held up at my local fedex facility for 12 days and it's like well that's not we didn't do that there's Uh, a there's a pandemic going on yeah right yeah Um, and, and so I, you know, I recognize that like the onslaught of tickets and review public reviews online and all of that, but you know, if you have a short little sequence of emails about like, Hey, getting them excited about the product, even speaking to shipping delays right now, like I haven't, I've ordered a lot since the pandemic started and I didn't get a single email from a brand that said like, Hey, we are experiencing longer shipping delays. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, here's what you can expect. If you haven't heard from it, uh, if you haven't received the product by this date, then please do let us know. Yeah. Um, and and then like in the meantime, we're going to share some recipes with you or some ideas of how to apply this makeup or, you know, whatever it is, like some different yeah. ways to use the ring light we're sending you that you ordered for your Zoom calls. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's thinking about that experience of like, how does it feel for you after you have just spent... 50, $150, $500 online. And you did that at 11 o'clock at night. And then you're waiting for yeah. two weeks. For, for, for an update. It's, yeah. You took my money. Is my product even shipping out? Yeah. Right. And it's like all kinds of things like that. And it's, we have the data behind it um, just as we start to wrap up. But what we saw happen was, and this is why we did our, our gorgeous stimulus is we saw the revenue was dropping, but support inquiries were staying the same just yeah. because of those delays. Or if you even have stock, will I, will I get this if I pay? And then as revenue started to climb up across all of e-commerce, the ticket inquiry level was going up even more because of people purchasing online for the first time ever. Right. I'm not even for the first time, but purchasing that type of product for the yes. first time. And, and so they have a million questions about the process and how long shipping is going to take. And um, and even, yeah, we're in a global pan- pandemic. Everybody knows that, but not everybody is aware of how that impacts shipping times. And like we are live in our own little DTC bubble and our customers don't know the details that we know. So it's our job to educate them not only about the product, but about the entire process. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from... 
supply chains to, and especially if you have like an ethical kind of brand, it's really, that's a huge opportunity for you to educate around where your products are coming from, who made those shoes, um, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And material. And it's yeah. these are a great example because I'm, I'll go from a size 11 to a size 13. And so just by saying, hey, uh, and going back to the product display, most uh, most customers go, most of our five-star customers go a half size up. Yep. Or, uh, hey, great choice, you'll love it. They're ethically sourced. We pay all of our our, our factory workers and it's cruelty-free faux vegan leather or whatever. Right. Or these leather shoes, like everybody says that they fit really snug right when they get them. Here's our tips for how to break them in. Yeah. Um, you know, like here, wear some big woolly socks while you're in your apartment and um, like all of those things that you can do to preempt uh, tickets and keep that cue down mm -hmm. um, to build trust because you're helping your customer before they even have your product. Yeah. Um, and, and then to build authority in the space because you're now not just telling them about how you made these gorgeous shoes and, you know, and, and that they're the best in the industry, but you're telling them everything about like around the shoes, how to break them in, how to take care of it long-term, um, like what yeah. to do if they need to be resold. Nine, nine different ways to lace your shoes and, and why. Going into the history, so I, I don't know if you know this, but you know the like the crossbar type of lace, yeah, yeah. crisscross. So the reason that that's very military uh, and specifically through the Air Force is if you got stuck or something in your plane crash and your leg was in because in the cockpit it's tight, so you can take your knife and just get out of a burning plane really quickly. Yeah, Put that into your copy. Yeah. Also, use that data that's coming from your your ticketing system. Hopefully, it's gorgeous. I mean, that's that's why I'm doing the podcast is to sell more right. gorgeous over here. But um, but take that and say, you know what? Three percent of people are asking about laces. Let's produce some content around that. Right. And it's, there was another great phrase that if you don't have a joke, you'd better have a fact. And most marketers think they're much funnier than they are. <laughs> so maybe lead with that fact of want to know why are we lace our shoes like this, and then go into that whole history. Yeah. We, we don't have time to go into a copywriting lesson, but it really paints that that mental picture in their mind's eye of, wow, this is really cool that all this generations and decades went into this this exact shoe that, that right. I know I own. You know, if there's like fun terminology like laces, right? Those all those different ways to lace your shoe probably has a name. It's related to something, and it's like, hey, have you ever heard of the Spencer lace up? Like, yeah. okay, well, let's talk about the Spencer lace and how it came to be. And there's all kinds of ways to educate. And kind of going back to that um, that content piece, you probably have a lot of this content on your website already, yeah. and it's just a matter of reusing it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel in order to create email campaigns. Most right. of the time, I'm taking copy from product reviews, from mm -hmm. blog posts on your site, from your homepage marketing copy. Yeah. Um, so there's if, all if it's kinds good of ways. Enough to put on your homepage, why would you not put it into every single email that you have the right. opportunity right. to? And it's it's almost like, um, are you, so I came up with a concept, I, I call it sort of fractal marketing, where, are you familiar with that, the fractal of math term where you zoom in on it and it keeps going, yeah. where you zoom out, where you have that item. And so let's just say laces, for example, and you can dig into say, well, here's different lace styles. Here's what the different tips mean. And you go into say, here's uh, three different types of laces. So you might have flat laces, Velcro, and then traditional string laces. And then from those, you say, here's three ways to, to do each one and what that means. And then you go into the history of that. 
But then you can also go backwards of saying, well, why do shoes even have laces in the first place? Or go through your supply chain and start talking about all of that. And all of a sudden, you've written a book on, on shoelaces that you can use 65 times over the course of a year with those interactions that your customers have. Yeah. And, you know, the things that you're excited about, get your customers excited. And they so they into that. Sales is the transfer of enthusiasm. And if you're not excited about, about your laces, why the hell would anyone give you money for them? Or right. why would they, why would they trust you to say, yeah, it's just another commodity I could have gotten on Amazon or no, these laces are the best laces. Yep. Like going back to barbecues, we, we wrap it up. I'm, I'm wearing a Stubbs hat, but anyone who knows Austin barbecue knows that Franklin barbecue is the place to go to because he's so excited and passionate about barbecue and do, has done the masterclass and has the books that when it comes to barbecue, nobody's more passionate about it than, than Franklin, almost to, to a point of just crazy uh, passion with it, the same way that somebody has when they do a, a PhD and just years of research. Yeah. So I can have good barbecue, or I can have the best barbecue in the world for five bucks when I go to Franklin. Yeah. If I'm not from Austin, I'm going to spend the extra five bucks and wait in line for five hours as part of that experience. Yeah. You want to shop for brands that care about their products and like, you know, Wayfair, do they care about their products? No. no. Um, do they care about making money from you? Yes. And that's very clear in their, in their email communication. Yeah. A company like uh, a shoe company I, I ordered from Nisolo, mm-hmm. um, they, or, you know, even like uh, we, you and I have talked about Tushy. Yep. They care about their products so much. They do. And I've this- never met people who care more about pooping. No, <laughs> not even doing the whole pooping experience. And, and you said it first. This is the second time on a podcast, well, that you've been the first person to say I know. you have broken it's like a it's, barrier twice now. It's a goal. It is. Vel Geisler, comma, space, queen of poops. Yes. <laughs> queen of talking about poop on podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. Queen mm-hmm. of breaking yeah. the poop barrier. Forget my email reputation. I just want a reputation as the first person to say the word poop on a podcast. Now <laughs> I've said it multiple times. How about that? You'll just butt in. You'll get a reputation for it. You'll be sitting on a panel somewhere and just, guys, I, I, I just need to get it off my chest. I Listen, I just really want a job with Toshi is uh, what it comes down to. Well, you know, we, we, they're, they're a customer of Gorgeous, so hopefully they, they're they listening to the podcast. Toshi Val would like to work for you. Uh, <laughs> where where can people find you? Hopefully the people at Toshi, if they want to work with you. Right. Maybe any other brands. I think this is a good segue. Uh, you've got to go. You've got an appointment with your kids. Yeah. We're 15 minutes over time and we're talking. Oh, we're fine. Well, uh, well, were... Where can people find you? Anything else to uh, to wrap, wrap it up with? Yeah. So go grab the dinner party strategy. So it's fixmyturn.com slash TDPS. Uh, you can check out the main website. Um, but really, I spend a too much time on Twitter. Um, so tweet me like if you are listening to this or watching it, um, just like please come tell me that you did because I, I can't tell you how much it means to people who like teach. So I teach for a living. This is, I consider this teaching and it means so much to hear, Hey, I listened to that thing that you spent an hour doing and it impacted me in this way. Like that is, that's great currency for me. So um, you can definitely reach out at love Val Geisler on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks really, for having me. Absolutely. This, this has been a blast. I think that we could go for probably six hours. Yeah, for sure. Time. But, but thanks so much for coming on, Val. Really appreciate it.